Jake, you have a very important question to ask you. What's that? It's not the question you think I'm going to ask you either. Uh, to be honest, I have uh, no question of yours on my mind. Did you ever go back on Monday and get your green AstroTurf? Yes, we did. Was it dry? No, it wasn't. Right. You didn't go that get was it. it. You didn't go get it. You're a liar. You are a liar. You <laughs> did not go get it. <laughs> yes, we did. We went to get it. Yeah, but at least it was on asphalt. It wasn't muddy and dirty. And now it's all wet inside the van, stinking up the van. Oh, it's fine. I thought we was going to be vindicated, Mike. I thought we was going to be vindicated. Anyway, we have a lot to talk about. I've been sick. You've been sick. It's been almost two weeks since DNC. I'm actually sick now. But, we, you know, the people want to hear from us. They want to hear what, you know, what, what happened at DNC. Are you ready to uh, get into the nitty gritty of it all, JQ? Uh, sure. <laughs> you did not get that AstroTurf. You did not take that AstroTurf. I don't Yes, we did. Out. Ask Degani. He can send you a picture. It's in the I, back. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Anyway, let's drop that intro. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this money-grabbing book races. Hard not to be arrogant when you're always right. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Leslie the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together to chat our scene. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Hundred bucks right here, hundred dollar throw. Oh no! <laughs> I like this. Yes, indeed, Nitro is the glory, but e buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number two two seven of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host. Kino White, a.k.a. Left of the Great. JQ is in the background. We don't need him for that. But we are back. As you guys can tell, I'm a little bit sick. We've all been sick after DNC, but we have to talk about it. We're here to talk about DNC. Just to let you guys know, this podcast is all about Dark Nitro Challenge. Uh, with that said, I want to say thank you to all of the people around the world that support the podcast, to the NNRC squad. We can't do it without you guys. Thank you for all your help, all your support. Uh, remember, uh, keep hitting that like, sub, notification button on the YouTube, as well as uh, leaving a comment. If you're listening to it on the audio platform, leave a review or leave a comment. It helps us out. Shout out to all the patrons of the NNRC and the YouTube members. You guys will get early release of this podcast. Also, thank you to the awesome companies that support the 
LLRC. We have links in the written description for every one of these. There are some coupon codes where you can save some money. There's some affiliate links where we get a little slice of it. Or some don't have any at all. But if you do buy buy anything from them, just say, hey, I heard about you on the NNRC. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sampadal USA, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Bringing Gas Truck Back, Racecraft USA, Call RC, WRCE, House of RC, RCGP, Shout out to Runner Funk Racing, JTPRC, 36 Mood, What's Up, Bobby Badier, and of course, our good friend, the Dr. Alexander Hagberg. Remember, everybody, you can find links for all of those in the written description of this podcast. Uh, before I bring JQ on, I just want to have a few shout outs to some people. Uh, it's been a week or so since the past, but happy birthday to my good friend, Mike Walker. It was also T-Bell's birthday when we was out at DNC. Uh, my friend, Miklos Sabalos, his birthday was this past weekend. Uh, Max Mort's old man, Henry Mort, his birthday was celebrated this weekend. My good friend, David Schwartz, Tom from R1, Adrian Bertin, and Salty Joe all had birthdays this week. Happy birthday to Salty Joe. Of course, he kept it salty, salty, salty. Uh, real quick, upcoming races, MKGP going on as we speak. This is a great 10-scale race inside of a, a big shopping mall there in Milton Keynes in the UK. Check it out. They have live footage. I will be sharing these on the NNRC Facebook. Coming up, we have the South American Championships down in Argentina. Buenos Aires at Speed Paradise. Uh, A lot of my South American friends are getting ready for this race. So it's a big race for them. Looking forward to that. Uh, We have PMB coming up March 31st to April 1st. NXC warm-up April 22nd to 23rd. And uh, North Georgia shout-out, shootout, sorry, April 28th to 30th. And of course, we have the International Buggy Challenge coming up in May as well. Uh, ah, lots of racing coming on. We ain't taking no breaks here. Lots, and then there's 10 scale. I didn't even watch any of the Desert Classic. But anyway, let me bring on JQ because this concerns him. Why am I out not focusing? There we go. JQ. Uh, what's up? Hey, so did you see that your your Padawan, Born a Crime, aka Maddie G, went to the Desert Classic and had to get put in the hospital to get his spleen removed? Yeah, typical of illegal aliens. They just want to take advantage of the healthcare opportunities. <laughs> yeah, he's all messed up, but he's on the on the menu. You're an idiot. Uh, but yeah, he went to the race and had to get his spleen taken out. But uh, you know, I know that's your way of saying get well. BAC. How do you have to take? How do you have to have your spleen taken out? And by the way, you said appendix. Ah, uh, no, it was a spleen. He said. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was appendix at first too. What cause is that? But then, I have no idea. Maybe he's confused with what blew up in him. Maybe he's got his appendix. I'm sure he is. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, get well soon. BAC. We need you to get back out there uh, doing 10-scale stuff. Hey, so I told you so, this at... So let me get this straight. So humans have a spleen, but we don't actually need it, or what? I mean, I've heard of people getting their spleen. I don't know. Let me just bring up a... Uh, let's see what he says to me. Hey, so I told you, while, while I'm looking for the what he sent me, I told you I heard this in at DMC, Hey, wait, right? wait. I just Googled it. I googled it. Wait. Okay. It says here, your doctor may recall, recommend 
splenectomy if you have one of the following ruptured spleen running stock class for way too long yeah i mean that covers it basically well he did have a ruptured sp- but uh he's on the road to recovery and i just wanted to check he said it was the spleen not the appendix okay yeah so there we go we can we don't need a spleen obviously but he was feeling kind of sick up until then and then uh he he, he got it removed wait. Uh, yes wait wait i found some more how is life after spleen removal living without the spleen if your spleen needs to be removed other organs such as the liver can take over many of the spleen's functions however you will not be able to run stock class anymore and have to run modified. <laughs> he does run modified. Well, there you go. Interesting. Hey, interesting. Uh, interesting that spleen-related injuries are prone to stock racers. Uh, I, talk, I told you yeah. this at DNC because I heard it, right? But I heard it from another source. I heard that McBride is retired from racing. Well, okay. I haven't seen no. anything in a long time, but then again, it's not the world. So, no. But I heard this at DNC from a reliable source, who would know. And then I heard this recently from Australians. So I heard that he has retired okay. from all RC racing whatsoever. Like me, I haven't seen anything I'm still on Facebook. My retirement video. So, yeah, but I mean, like he is. Like done with RC. You it's funny because didn't the guy Stringer do the same thing? Like he got mind you, I think McBride was always a lot higher than what Stringer was. But if this is true, if McBride's done, I think it's also a little bit too close. Like he never even really got to his full potential. Well, no, because he refused to move from Australia. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can do over there. The level in Asia isn't very good. The level in Australia is high, right? But then when they go racing in other countries, you know, Malaysia, uh, Indonesia, Vietnam, Taiwan, you know, whatever races he went to in the past or Thailand, the level just isn't there. So there's only so much you can do. Racing one race a year in America Mm -hmm. or the world or something, it's just not enough. So if he really wanted to do something in RC, he needed to move to Europe or America to do that. And he could have, but he chose not to. So, I mean, I'm surprised it lasted this long. I I think like when he went associated, we all thought he was going to move to America, right? But that never happened. I'm I'm actually surprised this lasted as long too. Yeah. Yeah, that would probably have been the sort of best time to do it. I don't know. It's just weird. It's really weird. But if it's true, it's a shame because he was the best guy coming out of that block ever, I would say. Well, not ever, but out of Australia, I would say. All right. Um, JQ, we should just go right into everything because I want to find out uh, how your DNC went because you was out there earlier than me. Hey, did you see real quick? So you've been sick. I've been sick, but did you catch up on uh, Chris Rock's comedy special and his response to Will Smith? Yeah, I actually watched it uh, last night. 
Or was it, if it wasn't last night, the night before? Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I could see you doing something like that. Yeah. <laughs> he went pretty savage. Right up my alley. Yeah, he went pretty savage, but he was also real. I was like, whoa, oh. Yeah, like, yeah. It was funny. That's not going to be, they're not going to be happy because, about that. No, but I don't think he ever said anything publicly really about it until now, right? No, he hasn't. So it was good. Yeah, yeah it was good. So. He was funny. Chris Rock likes to shout into the <laughs> microphone a lot. I was like, oh. Yeah. Now Will Smith's definitely going to hit him. All right. Um, Let's get on to this. Let's get on to this. And on that note, wait, wait, wait. On that note, have you ever been to a stand up comedy show? I have not. I've been to see uh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr is I know that. maybe my favorite. Yeah. He told me to put my phone away. <laughs> oh, did he? It was right when he came out. No, no, because it was like right when he came out. So he hadn't really even started. Uh, and we were right at the front. I forget who I was with. Anyway, we were right there in that table, like by the stage. Yeah. And he said, put your phone away? He told me. Yeah, no, no. He told me off. You know, <laughs> crowd work. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. There we go. What did you, did you respond to him at all? Or just laugh at him? No, I, I, I wasn't, I was speechless. Wasn't able to think of anything. You were speechless. That's surprising. All right. Enough about comedians. Enough about comedians. Uh, Let's get on to this. Let's get on to this. And this is what this week uh, we are going to talk about DNC. JQ is all, I don't know. I don't know. What's up with Invisible Speed? That's what I want to know. Because you know what? We're going to play an Invisible Speed ad right now before you say anything. Actually, this is. uh... Not scripted. Thank you to Invisible Speed for coming on as a title sponsor for another year. That just to let you guys know, the twenty percent off and all that stuff doesn't isn't included in that. That was from the Euros. JQ, what's going on with Invisible Speed? I know you've been a little bit sick yeah. since you've gotten back home, but yeah, it's time yeah. to get cracking. Thanks for cut, cutting me off then. Yeah, twentieth of March we start the live videos, so okay. now is a perfect time to sign up, and then you can join all the live sessions for this year and what we're doing is uh, t-bow ronnie falk and robert are all joining we're talking about car prep driving uh practicing testing racing and then we hand out homework so we'll start off with the first two sets of homework from last year uh, so we are repeating what we did last year but we'll do it a bit quicker because many of the people are the same people as last year mm-hmm. So we go over some setups, like, for example, ride height. Everyone tries 
the same ride heights, like very low, very high, uh, low front, high rear, low rear, high front, you know, equal, medium ride height. So, so preset different settings that everyone has to try. Write notes, what they think, and then they pick their favorite setting. And we do this for everything, ride height, droop, camber, uh, toe, all the different basic settings, uh, just so that people learn to understand for themselves what they do and how powerful they are. And our three world champions at Mayako, they have to do it too. Because some of these things are things that even the top guys, they just get used to running something and they don't really change it much. So they kind of forget how good it is to to make changes like that, and how how big of an effect it has on the car. Well, what's so that's next what for we'll you? Be doing. Hmm? What's what? next for you? Aren't you? Aren't you? Because we had Ronald on her this week as well. He said you guys are supposed to go down to Spain for some tune testing yeah, tuning so, as well. Yeah. So the thing is that twentieth uh, of March we. So that whole week, we have, have live videos every day mm-hmm. in the Invisible Speed course. And then the following week, we go to Spain. And then we'll mm-hmm. actually do all of that homework on three different tracks. And I'll make sure that uh, David and Robert do it too. And Hampus is also going. I think some other Swedish guys are going. So good group of Mayako guys going. We'll all go through the homework and uh, keep notes, do some videos also. And then May, probably in May, we will do the second set of live videos and then analyze the results that that uh, hopefully as many people as possible have tried it and we, we have a lot of feedback and, and then we go through that. And then okay. we hand out the next homework. So that's what we'll be doing throughout this year. Uh, last year, it was obvious that that's the best way to learn, that there's the book, there's the course, there's the live videos. But then all you get all that information, but then when you do it yourself, then you really learn to appreciate uh, all the different changes and how they work. Okay, so. interesting, interesting. So are, are you going to IBC in May? Yes, yeah. Okay. The next race for me will be uh, Philippine Masters. Okay, so, so you are going. Well... Let's say ninety percent sure. Okay, ninety percent sure. Okay, and then after that will be IBC, I believe, mm-hmm. in May, and then we have some finish races. What's after IBC then? Ah, I think the electric eight scale Euros, Euros in Germany. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty early on too. I think in June. So. Yeah, that's what's coming up. Okay, no uh, outside of Europe, like no coming back over to America or anytime, or you just don't know? I mean, not planned right now. Okay. Only that, the only outside of Europe event would be the one in the Philippines. Okay, okay. All right, well, let's get on. Let's talk about that. You guys can get the Invisible Speed course at visiblespeed.net. We have a link for that in the written description of this podcast. Let's talk about DMCJQ. You got out there a little early this year, not as early as last year. You got out there the uh, Wednesday prior to the event. Uh, What was you guys' focus getting out there? Do you think you should have been out there a little earlier? 
And um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was okay. Um, ran at Revelation a few days and then Thunder Alley. Uh, there was the hot race race. At yeah, why didn't you go to Channel, that? I- Channel Islands and Robert and uh, Jared did that race. And then David and me, we were uh, testing and preparing at Thunder Alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I didn't do the race because it was really expensive to stay up there. Mm. And also, you don't get to run as much. And what we really needed was to just, you know, run a lot, breaking engines, breaking cars, test a few things. And it's better to do that not at a race. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah, um, so I think the preparation was okay. It uh, it's also always difficult, of course, going over when you haven't run eight scale in so long, uh, of because of the weather. Mm-hmm. Of course, a longer time would be better, but you know, you it's not every time you can go there for a month before. So it it was still enough, I would say that. So yeah. you so after the hot race race on Saturday, what did you got? Did everybody get together Sunday and go testing, or how did that work? Leading up to the race, yeah, we all went to Thunder Alley on the Sunday, mm-hmm. and then Monday also. So you got to see Tebow drive for the first time in in real time. What was your thoughts? Yes, so it's actually interesting because when you look at him drive and then how he needs his car set up, they it's sort of it's not really one to one. I mm. I thought that he, he would be able to drive sort of a, a similar car to what David drives, but he can't. Also, he drove my car and he couldn't drive that either, which was mm. interesting. Because my car is sort of, let's say, if you have Ronefalk set up and Tebow's set up, mine is in the middle. So Ooh. he's very far, actually, from how Ronefalk sets his car up. But when you look at him drive on the track, you wouldn't think that. That's, so that was interesting. So that, the main difference is that he wants the rear end of the car to have a lot of support. So but what I mean is that it's stiff. On power, mm-hmm. when you get on power and roll, the car is stiff and doesn't want to squat down a lot. David again is the opposite, where he wants it very soft. So I can't drive David's car because what happens is I can do one lap, not good, but then if I push a bit too much, then it gets uh, sort of loose on exit on I drive into a corner, go through the corner. Then when I want to exit, it sort of keeps turning, oversteers when I want to go straight or starts fishtailing. Or I, you know, it just, if you push it too hard, it bites you. So I don't like that. But then I adjust it so that it stops doing that for me and I'm comfortable. Tebow adjusts it in the same direction, but even further. And that was something that I, that surprised me because he, it doesn't look like he drives that way. 
So the difference in setup mainly is he uh, he runs his rear arm a lot higher on the inside than David does. Um, he likes more towing on the rear also. The rear link, he runs it shorter. Um, the rear hub, he runs it more forward. So basically the rear end is just more stiff and has more grip, mm. I would say. So if he wants to, it to get around a corner, he kind of has to break the ass yeah. out of it then. Uh, no, not really. I mean, the car, it still has enough steering, or at least mm-hmm. uh, it seems that way. But that that is the thing that he's looking for often. So he gets it to there, and then he wants more steering from the car. Mm. So, yeah, it's I, I, I think that um, in the main at DNC, his car was good. It looked good, and he said it was good. Uh, but I still think that there is quite a bit more to come. That mm. it, how the car is now and how it's set up isn't really perfectly suited for how he wants it yet. But I think that now over the next months we will get there. Okay. Uh, obviously, David's out there testing the new tires, Matrix tires. Um, you guys are out there doing it at Thunder Alley. Is is it that you just think that the, the it doesn't look like it, but are the dirt and Thunder Alley similar? They are not similar, right? Because the dirt uh, has is more. Um, the dirt um, is more loamy than right. Thunder Alley, and especially now Thunder Alley was packed really hard. Normally it gets rough, uh, but. They had that race there, and they packed the track really well before, so it was smooth mm-hmm. throughout the whole race, which normally never happens. But I bet you it was, it was packed. smooth now I, also when we were there. I bet you it was packed and buzzing. That DNC buzz. Yeah, that, yeah, there was a good amount of people there. Everybody in there for testing, doing all this type of stuff, and of course the big, uh, the big thing on everybody's mind is the weather. You know, we're worried about the weather coming in. And all that type of stuff. So, yeah, lots of things. Who helped you set up all the tents and all that stuff? Um, there was a lot of people there already on the Tuesday before. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, all the Mayako guys. You had a good bit of Mayako guys there too, 25 plus, I think. Not all of them were under the tents. Yeah, the, it was. It was really good. Uh, uh, from one year ago, Mayako has grown a lot, not just in America, but uh, globally. So, yeah, it was good to see. I'm, I, I, I know we that. Had I also, was watching. I mean, Go ahead. I would say that we were one of the teams with the most sort of diverse or international crowd, uh, even mm-hmm. from just... Within America, we had people from all over America, like Alaska to Florida, basically. Yeah, Dennis from Alaska. <laughs> yeah, and also then, uh, obviously, us uh, from Europe and Salty Joe from Bermuda. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good group of people, I would say. 
Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, mean getting to hang out in the pits again this year because I don't I haven't gotten to do that since last DNC. So uh, I know you complained about it quite a lot. You know, a sea of black. I'm the only one with a red sweatshirt in there. Yeah. Hey, and you should go pit with their works or Kyosha or high tech like you were supposed to. You were supposed to have the high tech tents right next to the Mayako tents. It didn't matter because everybody was boarded up anyway, and that sucked. That really sucked. I got there and I saw you had all those walls up. I'm like, those walls are never coming on. But everybody, I mean, Kyosha even had. That. I know Kyosha had like plastic wrapped around the stuff. Anyway, all right. Anyway, let's move on. Hey, JQ, have you heard of Whatnot? No. It's an app called Whatnot. But it's like eBay meets TikTok, eBay meets IG. Anyway, they reached out to me, and we're going to be doing some collaboration with them. Not that I have anything to sell, but I'll be doing some lives from there. So I'm going live next week. If you're a buyer or seller, you're into this type of stuff, you're an eBay seller, and you want to use do content as well as sell stuff, Come check it out. Whatnot app. I actually know about it from the action figure world. They use it quite a lot. So they reached out to me to collaborate with them. Like they're getting to trying to branch out into the RC world. So like I said, if you're a buyer or seller, come check me out on my Whatnot uh, live next week. I will have dates and links for all of that coming up soon. All right. So like I said, the pits look great. You had all full lights. I saw you went out and spent uh, a lot of money on lights. You haven't bought a new heater though, JQ. You need to get more than one heater in the in the pits there. You know, you Dugani's old 25-year-old heater. Not our responsibility. <laughs> but uh so at the last minute we heard that Joey was gonna build the track underneath the roof. What would what did you think when you first heard that? I thought that why didn't he do it earlier? All right, so we'll get to that point. So he's going to do that, right? So we go on. Let's talk about day one. Day one, we go out. I would say this is the one day that felt like DNC. It was cold and windy. And it, it was this is one of the most windiest DNCs I've been to where it was actually flicking up so much dust. You know, it usually doesn't have that much dust. It's, that, it's not that windy. But we're out on the big track for the first day. And then I'm I'm over there, and I'm like, well, they moved all that dirt over there. It's obviously going to rain. Why didn't they get? I, I I couldn't for the for the life of me figure out why they didn't do the track all on Wednesday. I think they were moving dirt, I but it was like I remember it was like, well, you said you said go look at the track, and it was just a square patch with dirt. I don't know. Anyway, what did you think of the big track then going out there on the first track when the first time out there? Yeah, it was really, really nice, actually. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I thought it looked good, except the bridge, but it was fine. Going under or what? I, I just don't like those bridges going like always just for someone to get hit in the head, man. Yeah. And then I, I just think that they're dangerous. But I saw a lot of people hit that uh, those pillars for the bridge, though, as going through. Because it's like on an angle, so it kind of looked hard to do. And he had bricks underneath there. I thought that was pretty cool. I think the track looked great. Like, yeah. you know, I thought, wow, too bad. At least we got one day on this, and then we had the hopes of going back out there on Sunday. 
it was good to see though. Like that was the one day it felt like DNC people were out and about. It was cold and windy, but the people were still about just having fun. But we knew like, and then in the back of our mind, I can just remember people was like, are we going to do it on the small track or are we going to try and go on the big track? But that night they actually made the, the, the small track and we went out there on the Thursday. So what did you take? Oh, the watering schedule was something that was nearly really as well. Cause that kind it was amazing how different the track was when it was watered. So much yeah. slower, so much slower. So David went out there in e-buggy in his first uh, seed in run, right? Blew up his ESC front one lap in, right? Not too worried about e-buggy, but the nitro buggy, he goes out there and he his engine moves, right? I'm like, all right, he's got one more left. And then he, when he goes to that one, that last qualifier, I mean, last seed, and it starts to sprinkle. And I'm just like, oh, man, this guy's going to be done in like a low qualifier. He's going to be in the back foot. What was you thinking going into that, like seeing like your star driver have like on the back foot like that on seeding day? Well, I mean, it didn't really matter because I knew we weren't going to qualify on that track. So the problem was, of course, that he missed two practice rounds out of four. So much less track time. But since we weren't going to qualify on that, I didn't think it would uh, matter. But it still puts you in a lower, lower, lower qualifying run. Like you're dealing with people in a low qualifying. You needed to be up there high. Yeah, but uh, it shouldn't matter that much, to be honest. So, yeah, I I wasn't too worried about that. Okay. So we come in Thursday and we're on the new, on the small track. What was your first thought when you saw the small track? Um, I sort of, I thought that he would make it a bit more sort of like the dirt and not so simple. I don't know why he did that. Uh, it, yeah, it. I just expected something a bit more like an old school Hemet, you know? Yeah, I mean, if I mean, I've been to Hemet before, once before. It's a little bit bigger than the area that we was at. But also he had those beams that hurt him as well. Well, yeah, the, the back straight was good that it was on the con- concrete, so there was a bit more space. But still, I mean, the lanes, there was a lot of sort of unused space. It was fine, but it was only fine because it got so rough. And then it, that kind of made for some separation. But yeah, otherwise I was a bit like underwhelmed with, okay, a double, some rollers and a triple. Like, come on, like make something nice. It can be low speed, technical, and still nice, you know? What would yeah. you have done in All that right. small space then? Give me an example. Well, I mean, for example, uh, back in the day, uh, Jeff Alessi, who uh, raced Supercross and RC also, maybe his brother is a bit better known. He had an RC track in sort of up in the desert somewhere, Victorville area. And he built it like a Supercross track, you know, and that was kind of low me dirt also, but just 
it was really fun in a small tight area, the middle of the track, you know, triple into a bomb, do a bomb, do another jump. Like it was technical, you know, on off. Like it was low, a low speed section, but because you used the bomb to do a big jump and then into another bomb, that's what made it good. And you can, you can do those sorts of things and you can pack the dirt especially because it's under a roof and you can keep it damp and you can pack it. And when cars drive on it, it becomes like concrete, okay? The sections that need to be like concrete can be like concrete. And like as you saw, Joey was fixing it all the time, even though he would say he would leave it, but then he would fix it. So he probably left it very simple because he thought it's going to break up. So we'll Mm -hmm. keep it simple. Mm -hmm. That's fine. That's fine, okay? But... if you, if I was doing it, then I would have made something like that. So, so when people go there and they drive around the track, they're like, "Man, this is really cool." You know, that's kind of what you want. Not, okay, this is a simple figure eight with a double kind of feeling. Do you <laughs> see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like but- that's that's what uh, was sort of missing. Yeah, I mean. I, I wanted to ask you why you got to, I guess you got to, so you would, you would get so livid when he would be out there fixing track. Is Joey fixing the track again? And you go out there. What, what, why was you so angry about well, that? Because it blew out in six laps, six heats. Yeah. So the problem with that is that we, he, he did it after practice before qualifying. And mm-hmm. the idea is that um, we practice to learn the track, to know where the bumps are, to set the car up. Then we work on the car to make it really good for the track. And then he smooths it out. What the fuck? Yeah, but by the time yeah, he comes up, mean? it's rough again. Yeah, okay. But not the same rough and not as rough as it would be. So you, at least if you're going to do stuff like that, then you have to let people know. You can't just be like, oh, it's DNC, you know, we're gonna just going to leave it, and then ah, I'm, I'm going to fix it after all. And what if you were in the first hit? You'd be fucked. You have two qualifiers on a smooth track, and then you go around a main on a bumpy track, you know? So it, it's just he doesn't think about the actual race, and this is like a microcosm of all of RC. We have brands that pay professional drivers. We have professional drivers who... The only thing they do is race. But then the industry and the races are not on the same level. They're so unprofessional. So it's just so stupid. If we just have a hobby and we don't really care, it's fine. Do whatever. It doesn't matter. But when you have companies spending money, professional drivers, then you have to be more professional, right? When you don't act professional in this sense and do it right, people stop caring. Like, it devalues the whole thing. Do you you see what I mean? No, I understand what you're saying. I'm just letting you get everything out. I understand what you're saying. I understand. So this is like, this is is supposed to be the highest ranking... Like this, this race most will consider up there with the world championships, you know, or like a, a notch, a few, a few notches down below that. 
And yeah, I kind of understand where you come from on that. Yeah, some people maybe, but it's not really because it's so. It's it's like it is so unfair, and I I don't want to say it's about luck. It's not about luck, but it's just about sort of um, what's the best way to say it? It's it's. About talent got, and skill, yes, but, but right. it's not something where you can sort of you can step by step improve to try to win, you know, because it's just you get barely any track time. You never know what you're going to get. You don't know if they're going to water or not or if they're going to fix the track between the rounds. You don't know. It's just a shit show, okay? So how do you approach that? if you are serious yourself, if you want to prepare well and do everything right, you can't really in that environment, okay? You just have to rely on your talent and your ability to adapt, okay? So that's what I think devalues it a lot. And also then, if something happens, if top American driver, no need to name names, have, has an issue, they'll wait. Oh, we, we have to wait, okay, two minutes, this and that, you know, okay. If Joe Blow, no name, has an issue, maybe, maybe they might wait a bit. Probably not. You know, it's like you don't even have rules set and how to do things, you know. It's just... When it's like that, you don't want to take it too seriously. You don't want to care that much because you know that it's not fair and it could go any direction. So you stop caring. Well, that was a long rant. Um, also, things like, like I think it was on the Friday when it was raining and we got puddles going onto the straightaway. Like, it's little, I mean, obviously, that was, they couldn't do nothing about that till they knew it happened. But well, I mean, they can put a bucket under it or something. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I understand that. But that, when you're qualifying, that all takes away from that, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's something you didn't count on. Like, oh, yeah, hurry, it's raining on the roof, but we have puddles. So it messes up. I, I was I was shocked seeing people's cars coming up there, coming up there so muddy. Um, as a As a racer, what is what was one of the most challenging things about the small track? Uh, well, the bumps. It got so bumpy, but I don't know. Like I said, it was a really simple layout, and the bump, it's good that it got bumpy, so there was at least some kind of interest in driving around it. And yeah. As an engineer trying to figure out to get these cars going battle through there, what was was what was making that difficult for you? Was it the bumps as well? I mean, yeah, only the bumps really. Uh, end of the straight, also there was like uh, it was so loose there. You can't. You needed good steering 
at least I think watching a lot of the Mayako guys, it seems like we lacked some steering there. Everything was okay, but the end of the straight on the concrete, the cars pushed a lot. Okay. All right. Um, all right, so let's get to Friday, Nitro Buggy qualifying. This we talked about the water leaking onto the track. Uh, I was surprised to see Savoya, Walker, and Lee all straight into the mains at the end of qualifying. Also, we why do you think they went to the decision to cut down to just two qualifiers because of the 12 people on the driver's stand? Yeah, so because they couldn't fit more people on the driver's stand and there were so many heats that mm-hmm. we would have been done at like 1 a.m. or something. But hey, are you surprised? I'm not. It's the DNC. The focus is making money, not putting on a good race. They they Back in the day, we used to have two seven-minute practice runs. Now I think it was one five and one four-minute run. We used to have seven-minute qualifiers, I believe, two, three. Now we had two qualifiers. Or was it six minutes or five? Five. So yeah, we had two qualifiers instead of three seven-minute ones. But you have or to agree there was, was like some six-minute ones before. But let's be and honest, Jake. There was some extenuating circumstances. It, it doesn't give. It doesn't make a fucking difference. It's the so same, you would rather be there to one o'clock in the morning. Time. I would rather have less entries so we could have a proper race. All also, right, the mains, the... lower mains. You race nitro, you get a ten-minute main. Get the fuck out of here, seriously. Are we just going to rant about this the entire podcast? Yeah, basically we are. That's how <laughs> I feel about it. Well, but you gotta you gotta have some jokes. What are you drinking? A beer. Yeah. All right. Um, I can tell that you are not going to be welcome at DNC next year. It doesn't matter. I'm not going. I'm done. You say that every year. No, now I'm really done. It's if if DNC was like this. And there were other races that weren't, that would be fine. But all the races are the same. That was my issue with uh, what's his face, who, who runs TNR? Chris Nelson. Chris Nelson. That was my issue with that because he comes in, spends a lot of money, you know. What does he do? The same shit. Too many people sign up, he has to cut down on the race times. He doesn't give people enough track time or long mains, etc., and then pays them off by having a raffle. Or you want an OGO bag? Now you're happy. If you want an OGO bag, fucking go to the store and buy one. If you want, to you know what, Jake? You do go to the RC track and race RC. That's what you I know. Think, what you know? You, you've been singing the same tune and beating this drum for so long. It's not going to change. This is what people want. This is what they want. Yeah. No, it's that you're wrong about that. It's not. Don't go on the punch in the face thing. No, listen, listen. It's not what they want. It's what they have now, right? It's what they get, but and they want to race. Obviously, it listen. So they go go to those races. But I'm saying that I'm done because I agree with you. It's not going to change. Oh, oh, no point in going. Come on. Twelve fourteen p.m. Tenth. 3rd of 10th of March. You agree with me. Fuck. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to waste my time anymore going to those races because they won't change. So, we're not going to go. Instead, go to races that are good where you get good track time and the races are run to a schedule and they are fair and you can have a good time. 
instead. So, what race would that be? What race would you go to now instead of DNC? Not in America. Just there are okay. Well, I'm I'm just asking you. What race are you going to go to? Good races in Europe. There are good good races. No, but at some point you're going to have to come back over to America. Yeah, then we can put on a race or go to a smaller race, something like that. Not not these big ones that are just about making money, like the Joey races, Dave Lakeham races. Forget about it. Not going. Not worth it. You mean you personally are not going? Yeah, I'm personally not going. And why would Marco spend money going? Also, not going to happen. I don't. I did hear you say this about. I I did hear you say this to Barry, and he agreed with you. There's no value. Yeah. So there, there's much more value in uh, going to races where it's. See, this is it. If those races were run well and you went there, and there was great coverage, and you would have value regardless of if you won the race or not, it could make sense to go there. Because it's like you're showcasing your brand and what you can do and your products. Then it makes sense. Going to those big races now, you barely get any track time, but it's still a big race, so everyone's kind of tense. They want to do well. It's not the same connecting to your customers, etc., there's not great coverage unless you do it yourself, then it's not worth going. If you go to some regional race, which is more relaxed, more laid back, you can have a barbecue with the people there in the evening, you connect on a different level with the customers and other races, that is more valuable than going to a DNC or a PMB. Do you see what I mean? I understand I that. Yeah, but listen, that's, that's a much better way to do it. If if we are professional racers, we need professional races. And if they don't exist, then we should go to the one that offers the most and best value to us. So, but at some point, you're going to have to race. So, listen to this. Yeah, okay. The, then the you best race go to raw, these. raw nationals and the worlds. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Can we get back on track and continue talking about the race now okay so friday buggy qualifying day um kind of just shocked you know you go in here you think runner fox is going to do what he does like he's going to be all right you know like he usually does he's going to outseed this but no man he's in a d man with you how did you feel about that yeah well uh if you had told me before the race <laughs> that I would go to DNC. I would race my D main with Ronnefalk and unlap myself at one point and be catching him and finish one spot behind him. I would also end up in a fight and uh, like a legit fight, my first legit fight in 39 years. I would have told you that uh, lay down the crack pipe, my friend. It was <laughs> I would very, have never unexpected. <laughs> very unexpected. Very unexpected. I was like. On both counts. I was like, man, he's in a D-main. I was just like, I just don't expect that. Yeah, I did not expect I, that at all. What was it when you're looking no. at him? And what is it when you're looking at him? I mean, I had him on her, and he, and he was talking about the contract of his tires and, and stuff like that. Barry asked you on the live, when does the chassis company take over? I mean, we're kind of all sitting in the pits, and we know, like, it's the tires, right? We, it's got to be the tires, right? Yeah, it was. So we have talked about it 
internally we've sort of we understand each other we have mm-hmm. clear, i understand you have to support him and his decisions too yeah we have a clear sort of path forward now we know where we stand mm-hmm. we, we obviously we disagreed about how the situation was handled and also how we even got into this situation For, on my side i knew we had a problem already at thunder rally um because in the daytime when the track was warmer regardless of if it was uh dry or wet he was fine and better mm. when it was dry when it was wet still okay but at night when he ran he, he was like he was on ice and he mm. forgot his skates you know so he was on shoes and ice not skates so i knew there was a problem already then i mean i don't know if he had accepted it at that point but i knew and yeah turned out to be right so when they didn't work at the race i wasn't surprised because of the thunder rally thing but i would say that there was a certain point in qualifying where when it when where there was this situation like okay we know it's this it's not going to work are you going to run something else or not and then he didn't and then i just gave up so then i knew like okay there well this race is done there's no point and we still had robert and jared of course mm-hmm. and they were doing well so in that sense it was okay like okay so david can't do much this race but at least jared and Robert can and um this track and the way the race is is like Robert's kryptonite so the fact that he was sort of battling for the spot in name and I thought was already good because mm. you know Bob he likes to smash everything to bits for a bit and then settle mm-hmm. down and go but you can't do that here you don't really have a warm up to the races um the tracks are i mean the track is very different to uh the kind of tracks that he normally races on mm-hmm. so the fact that he was as good as he was i thought was encouraging and for Thibaut, he was a bit unlucky i would say and yes yeah because i think in his in his one of his qualifiers he went off the pit lane right he went completely flying off the pit wall and he had to go uh, that was the second round but i yeah. know you make your own luck and all of that but still just to give an idea he had he was maybe two laps from the end or something like very close to the end of the first qualifier he crashed on the double i can't remember what happened or why he did it but i remember watching i, j- I just remember seeing it i'm like Damn, what what a shame. Like because he was a good run. He would have been second or third for for that round. So mm-hmm. it was really good, good run going. And I just think that if he had not crashed there and finished and qualified second or third or whatever, it would have been a whole different uh race and situation. So but he was in the B, he bumped to the A, he had a good race. At one point he was three seconds behind uh fend and mayfield who were battling at one point he was in second place 
Um, so that was really good, actually. And then he dropped a bit back because he lost his rear brake. I haven't seen uh, Tebow that fast in a long time. I, I yeah, that, at one point he's going to do it. I'm like, is he going to do it? Yes, I. It was similar to the world's experience, um, except then at the end the issue and he dropped back. But he was kind of nowhere, right? Because he was at the back. But then at some, you watch and you watch, and then at some point you're like, actually, you know, he he'll be okay. Like he'll probably possibly be able to get third but then he's catching and you're like wait a minute if this keeps going as it is he can win you know that like there was that moment in the main mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, when at that point when it was like mayfield had one stop more and he had the same amount of stops as fend and they were battling and he was three seconds behind at that point it literally looked like he i thought he was gonna win yeah, right. I and he was so doing too. good laps and everything, but yeah. So it's a, it's a shame that uh, he lost his rear brake uh, because it would have been fun to watch the battle. Like, what would have happened? Like, would he have been battling those guys or just con constantly, you know, slightly behind in third? I don't know. But, mm. Yeah, it, it was he interesting. Did, he did well. Uh, so I'm looking at Pro Q1. It was Fen Ogden. I'm not surprised Ogden's faster. TZO's got a headquarters here. They probably have good tires there. Tasman, now this was, this was honestly, I picked you and I before the final. We sat there and he said, we both agreed we thought Tasman was going to win. Yeah, I thought so. I don't know why he didn't. And Trocky looked really good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. I, I expected him to be better. Yeah, me too. Uh, Rifkin in fourth, Spinrad fifth. You said what? Set, this is Q1 Pro Nitro. Oh, no. uh, yeah. I was talking about the race. Oh, no, no. Uh, Brandon Rose seventh, Barufalo eighth, Bob, Robert Battier ninth, and JCC tenth. Yeah, that's supposed to have been the first qualifier where Tebow ended up finishing in 11th. That. Yeah. Ronald had a 24. So then we go into this, this next qualifier. He needs this. Let's see who came out and. Q2. Dakota fan takes it. Tasman and Q2, Tasman looked really good. His car looked really, really good. Uh, Mayfield, Savoya. I would have never thought Savoya would be there. Ryan Lutz, Cavalieri, Jarrett Tebow, Caden Fuller, not the Mason Fuller. I didn't realize that. Brandon Rose, Adam Drake, 10th. Wow. Adam Drake had a good run. Yeah. There were three shows in the main and it's because, have you seen the videos Kanai has put out? This was like no. a Kanai track, you know. <laughs> the tracks he runs on, the, they look like super small and tight and look like a field where they just put, <laughs> mm -hmm. like quickly built the track, like that day, pretty much. That's what they look like, all loamy and rough. And yeah, so this was as close to a Kanai track as, you get don't call it a comeback. Hey, if you would have told me that Yao Figueredo would have been six at DNC, I think he had everything going for him. Like I said, the Kyosho it works in this and that pro line hill shot for that pro line hill show yeah. M4. Exactly. Really so good. he had a Kyosho and a pro line M4 whole shot. So probably the best that uh, you can have um, in those conditions.
There we go. All right. Um, let's go on to so. All right, Ronald. Do you think Ronald is going to bump out? Of, do we want to talk about the the Friday night, or are we going to leave, leave that for after? Leave that after the race. Okay. So Saturday morning, do we talk about? Do we talk about? So Saturday morning, obviously, we come in, we find the tents are slashed. We'll talk about that. The mood in the pits is like just shitty, you know, because everybody's like, "Fuck!" Like everybody's pissed off, like you know. Um, you, what nobody knows who done it. We're old, you know. It's we, we will talk about it. Trust me. Um, it's e buggy and truggy day. I think Tebow was in truck, and it was a great e buggy main. Actually, Mayaka's early win came from Chris Morali, my uh, my roommate as well, and his car looked the best with Proline M4s. Proline whole shot M4s. He won e buggy intermediate for you. You didn't even know. I said, hey, Chris just won. He did? No, you didn't. I said, JQ, Chris just won that race. He did? Yes. So you did get, you did, Michael did get a win. Yeah. Chris saved the day for you. He won last year too, didn't he? Did he? I can't remember. He won something. But it was a great e buggy man between Fend and, um, who was Fend and uh, I think Mason Fuller were battling it out, and I thought we was gonna. And then uh, at Truggy came, Tessman came in there. The Truggy battle was pretty deep. Um, I remember at one point, the one good thing about this track is that it made for good racing, and everybody that watched it uh, online enjoyed the racing. So we saw a lot of ebb and flows. So at first, you know, you, you how you see Fan t- check out, you think he's just going to check out. But the Truggy Man ebbed and flowed, and then, like, Tasman got up to the lead, and he had to battle off Mayfield and Fan at one point. And he looked really good. And I was like, man, he looks really good going into the Nitro Buggy Man. But Fan looked good in Truggy. Uh, it was a great race. I, brought, I thought the Truggy Man was one of the best races, period. Um, And going into Sunday... We, there was thoughts that we might go out to the big track, but I think that was kind of nipped in the bud a long time ago. Do you think we should have gone out to the big track on the Sunday, JQ? There was no way. Yeah, it was too muddy. Too muddy. It had pools. Jay Smoker was running a car on a boat out there. Anyway, yeah. do you think, so we come up, it's Maine's Day. Is it like, do you think, Ronafal's going to push through from the D main and, and bump up to the A. Do you think he's going to do that again? You said it on the podcast I mean, the day before. I, I thought he would bump at least to the B main. Come on. Yeah, I, I saw him try. I saw Ronafal willing to bump, but it just wasn't happening. It wasn't his day. He was done for the day. I think when that happened, he was able to actually enjoy himself. He relaxed a little bit. The pressure was off. You know, and then it was all up to like Bob and Tebow to carry the torch for Mayako. They were both in the B main. There was a lot of names that were laid uh load on. Y'all Figueredo actually um bumped up from the C main too, I believe, right? I believe he did. Yeah, he well, he bumped up from the B main with Jared. Did you watch I missed Tebow's uh B main. Did you watch it all? Yeah. It was good. It was good. 
At one point in the B main, actually. Mm -hmm. At one point in the B main, it was Thibaut first, Robert second. I saw that. I did see that because I was watching. Yeah, but uh, but Joao was really fast and he was coming, you know, like he was behind Mm -hmm. Robert and Robert got into second and it was like, for that moment, it looked good, but I knew Joao was coming and then he got got by uh, Robert. But yeah, it was a good race. JCC misses out the main. Cole Tallard, Barufalo, Robert, uh, Little Bump, Fuller. That's a, that's, hey, that main, that's a lot of guys that should, JCC. Ooh, I watched him in his second qualifier for Nitro Bug. I thought he was going to blow that engine to pieces. He was freaking right out. Did you, did you see that? I was standing next to Tim Lime and his Tim Lime just went, like, shook his head and walked off. But, uh, yeah, not, not a good race for JCC. All right. So going into these mains, Coming up um, that day, the, you know, it was so Sunday was a little bit better. It wasn't raining, but we was able to be out and about. You know, it started to feel like DNC to an extent. People had come. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't no sun, but, you know, we started to get out and people came out of their huts. Like I saw that, I saw my boy Mike Sorchi and I was like, dude, I didn't even know you was her. It's like, I'm in over in the Kyosho pits this whole time. I was like, because that was the, the the atmosphere. Everybody was kind of just in their pits. I get it. It was cold. It was very cold. But that kind of took away from the atmosphere. But on the last day, we kind of had that. You would have to agree. Except that we were still in a small track. But it was buzzing. JQ. Yeah, I mean, mains are always good at uh, DNC. So, yeah. But that wasn't wasn't any different now. No. And then I remember we said when before the mains went up, Tebow bumped up. We was like, all right. We said Tebow top five. Tasman will win. But I still kind of had Fend as winning there. I didn't have Mayfield winning there. But when they started this main, it was like um those five guys kind of broke off from the rest of the everybody. And I thought at one point Fenn was just going to walk away with this like he normally does. But uh, Bengals was able to reel him in. Even Cole Ogden was... that. That's another thing uh, I got to figure out. Where did he come from after he was a lap down at one point from Tebow? But I saw that uh, Fenn, Mayfield, Tasman, I kind of saw from the beginning he didn't have nothing for the, for the winners, for the leaders. So I was like, mm, he's just in there for like a top five finish. Cole Ogden in the beginning looked like he had something for those guys, but kind of faded out in the middle. Came back on a strong, in the end, on a strong finish because he unlapped himself, I believe, and got by Tebow. Tebow, I think, was the very most impressive out of all those guys. He actually just literally saved the day for Mayako, I think. He looked good. Like you said, at one point, I was like, I think he can win this. Like, And I was watching him. <clears throat> and then, you know, his brakes went and he just started making mistakes. Um, but it was really interesting between Dakota Fend and Mayfield is because I still think that Fend was faster. Uh, Mayfield just wanted it more, I should say. Because Fend looked all right out there and they had the longer pit stop. But I think Fend in the end just started making some silly mistakes. Like when they, sorry, when Mayfield and Fend started battling each other, and Mayfield got in front of him. Then Fenn tried to catch him up. That was when Mayfield tried, was able to pull away. But I have to say, 
for this small track, it made this racing exciting, exciting because we we didn't have these ebbs and flows with the big track. So these guys are able to make up laps, unlap themselves, and do all that type of stuff in this time on this small track and make and challenge these guys. It was kind of hard to follow if you didn't if you didn't watch it from the beginning because you couldn't hear the announcer. But I thought it was great, man. I thought it was one of the best forty five minute mains I'm seeing. I thought Ryan Mayfield drove. Like drove his ass off to win that one. What about you? Yeah, I think that Mayfield was Mayfield once again. So it's just funny because they were sort of going the same speed, same mm-hmm. pace, but Fend is a bit crazy and Mayfield is under control when doing that. And also Mayfield had uh, one more stop than one or two. Most, I think one, one, one more stop, stop than uh, Fend also. So, and Fend was leading. So it was like, okay, you got this right. But then that's he, what he I just thought. Made mistakes. Yeah, he did. And that's kind of what I said also before the race when we made our predictions. Remember, I, I uh, said that Fend would fend himself, and he did. But I, I don't remember what my top three was. No, but I think before we went out right, on the, anyway. we both agreed we thought Tesman would win, um, and that Jared, we got a top five. Was you happy with that top five? Um, I mean, I think it's okay. Yes, top five is good, and the way he got it, uh, of course, a bit disappointed because I think he could have been in that battle for the win. So at mm-hmm. least finish top three, that w- that would have been good. So it's a more shame. impressed with his pace than shame his finish. You yeah, would say? I would say I was impressed by his pace in the main because it was really good. It's really hard to come from the back to the front and battle through that mid pack. That's mm-hmm. hard to do. Like you have to be clearly faster than those guys to be able to do that because otherwise it's a case of you kind of get stuck there you know it's especially on a track like that you know because you get caught up with someone hard to get by them then you squeeze by oh then you have a small mistake then they get by then then you kind of get stuck there but mm-hmm. but he just got through all of those guys and pulled away and caught up to the leaders. That's hard to do, really. Mm-hmm. Mayfield giving Techno the first big Nitro buggy win. That's good. They've been after it, it for a long time. I think so. Is it really I their first big win? I think so. I don't think they've won like they've never I don't think they've won a DNC before. They haven't won a nationals. I could be wrong. If you're a techno fan, let me know. We will correct it. But their first big Nitro buggy win. So they were happy. Congratulations, Joey Bredon, who also came. Uh, for, he he had a good e-truggy main and won that. Um, yeah, I thought that was a good main, man. Um, Cole Ogden, this is, I mean, like Cole was down in six at one point, and then he unlapped himself, and I'm like, wow, he he got that fourth, uh, Tebow fifth, Yal Figueredo super. Like I I think the Kyosho plus the tires helped him out. What do we think about Ryan Cavallari in the WRC in seventh? 
We're not calling it a comeback. He never left. He's leaving. <laughs> wow, Jake, you. you're not. Imp- you're, not even, you're not even somewhat impressed with your good friend Ryan Cavallaro's seventh place finish at DNC. I mean, he got in there because he's a great driver, and he put five minutes together. That's it. He didn't finish last. No, seventh is where you finish when you're off the pace, but you don't have a problem. You finish. It's a rule in RC. Your good friend, Renault Savoya, in eighth. Another one that I never would have thought would even be in the main. No, but it's, yeah, it's, he was running Kyosho and he put five minutes together in qualifying. That's it. Spencer Rifkin, ninth. Ryan Lutz, 10th. Walker Spinrad, 11th. Lee Setzer, uh, 12th. Lots of C-Hub cars over pillowball cars in this uh, final. Anything you want to say about that, JQ? Um, well, we ran sort of a middle setting. So KPI 0.5. We have KPI 0, which is like what Kyosho has. Uh, we have KPI 1, which is sort of close to what a pillow ball has. And we, we ran something that's between those on this track. It was good. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, any other thoughts on the main before we move on and talk about other things that happen at the race? Anything you wanted to mention? Um, no. Oh, man. All right. Well, congratulations to Ryan Mayfield, Fenn, and Tasman. It was a good 45-minute main and brought an end to the DNC, which was very different from usual, very dramatic. Uh, but we raced under our roof. I want to say I have to give – I know you complained a lot, JQ, but we have to give them guys credit. At least we raced. I thought racing under the small track was better than sitting around doing nothing, which, which is what we would have done if we tried to race on the big track. So I say kudos to Joey and those guys who did put the track and decided to do the track and put the work in to make it like that. So thank you for that. I would rather that we did race than we did not race. As for the atmosphere, we can't do nothing about the weather besides move the race. Uh, what do you think has to happen, Her JQ, for this race if if we're going to keep get suffering this weather issue? Because this is like if we didn't have an ins- if we didn't have the roof, we would not have raced this weekend. I mean, it's time of year where you you broke up really bad, JQ. You broke up really bad. How about now? We didn't hear a word you said. Yeah, there you go. It's like Montpellier, so it's just the time of year when it might rain. So, in a span of a decade, maybe you'll get a couple of bad ones, but. Yeah, mostly it's been okay. Mostly we've been racing, right? Yeah, but I mean, last year it came close and the year before it came came close. Should we move the date? I don't think he will move the date. He can't switch it with Vegas because he just has that date for Vegas. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people are saying. I, I, I don't think that's possible. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen. I re- you don't you say you're not going back to this race, but I want to go back to this race. I do enjoy it. 
but it did not. I talked to a lot of the vendors there. They weren't happy because obviously there was, you know, like on a good day, like on a good sunny day, on a Saturday and Sunday at DNC, you got spectators walking around, people coming on to see the race. It's nice. But when it has a rain out like this and it's cold and everybody's, and I'm talking about not the people that are just there for the race, but people that come to just view for the day or two. I'm sure people came down as well, but it just wasn't as prevalent about the sun. So I think we have to think about things like that as well. You know, as a vendor, I mean, even I'm sure like Jared suffered as a vendor because he couldn't put his stuff out to sell a bunch of things, you know? So, and also for the racers, you know, it would have been great to race on the big track. I'm glad we did get racing, but I don't think he's going to change the date and I don't know what to do to fix it. We can't control the weather. So I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I still enjoyed myself. Like I try to tell people it was still fun. I enjoyed myself, but it was not the same. And I just don't like when all the tents are all like, you know, closed off and you can't see nobody, you know, like one of the fun things would be, when you're sitting off and people just walk by and you just talk to them and they come over and next thing you know, you got a 30 minute conversation going on. There was none of that this year because we was all just in our own little pits closed off. So that for me, I think that side of it sucks from a social standpoint. You would have to agree with me there. Yeah, of course it was when the weather's bad and can't walk around the tent subs open, but yeah, it is what it is. You can't control that. Dude, you're breaking up so bad. What are you doing? Anyway. Nothing. I don't know why. So you bad. so you're just not going back, but you don't think they should change the date, or you don't think he will change the date. No, I don't think he will. Okay. But at some point, all right, now let's talk about, do we now talk about the other extracurricular activities that happen at DNC, including you? Yeah. Are we done with the race now? Did you have anything else you wanted to add to the race before, we, about the race before we move on? Um, well, only that you can kind of see a change of the guard a bit. It's starting to happen now. Who would you think? Well, I mean, yep. I, well, um, Mayfield is still there, but mm-hmm. Fend is still there. Tessman is kind of, has been not quite there anymore, but still close, you know. But then mm-hmm. other guys like Cavalieri, like I said, he's on the way out. Uh, Thibaut had a strong showing, actually. <laughs> but... I believe he's on the way out for other reasons. You'll hear more about that uh, soon, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And then you start to have guys in the main that, you know, wasn't Lee Setzer in some main, Spinrad. Like, who the hell are these guys, kind of, right? Oh, Lee Setzer's been making mains. Yeah, no, well, not really. Not for long. Yes, he like, has. If you, no. Like, he Travis Amestra was at last year. That's long he for made you. Main yeah, how is how is that for a long time? If you go and look at uh, results from 2020, these these guys are nowhere, right? That's my point. You wouldn't even know who they are if you just check results. 
But now these guys are making mains. That means someone will stop making mains, right? Mm -hmm. So you can see that's now happening also in America in Nitro, where you see different names in the main, and some drivers who used to always be there are now in B mains, C mains. So that's definitely happening. All right, let's segue into the next segment. Where is this? Is this a rant segment, or what are we gonna do here? Is this is like, what are we? No, this is. Uh, well, I don't know. This is not the rant segment. This is ending the race because you, you ranted enough already. So no, we can have a rant. But oh, you 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 wanna do you want you want to rant even more? Yeah, we can. Okay. Well, so, not now in the segment. So we have. To oh, okay. The race I'm just saying. I thought. I mean, you you went on like a 20 minute fever fueled flame throwing rant already. You know, you, you still want to. I mean, you, you ain't really happy unless you're complaining. I can see it's exactly. starting to park up now with the thought of having another rant session. Yeah. So, obviously, making news in DNC again this time is you, and not a. Yeah. A, in a way that off the track shenanigans, yeah, and tomfoolery. So I remember, okay. you know what? I remember, I remember. This is what I remember. You going? I'm going up to what's that place called? The the watch call it room, the derby room or whatever. I'm going to the derby yeah. room to have some drinks and party. And I remember me and Axel driving across there, and Axel going lefty. You want to go in? I was like, let's just go home. You know, let's be adults. Let's go home. Why did Forget. you do that? Huh? Why? Did I, you do you, that? I know. You know why? Because if I would have been there, this all would have been avoided. This all would have been anyway. Avoided. So, what, how do you want to do this? I don't know, but all I know is, I am so glad I was home in bed when this happened. I'm so yeah. glad. I'm so glad. I should have been. You should you, you oh you should be you should have been home trying to figure out what was wrong with David's car and all them other guys' cars that night. Nothing but no, wrong with the car. you went out, and the first thing I Mike Walk was like he sends me a picture of you carrying Trent, and I was like, okay, why is Jake you carrying Trent across his shoulders like this? Okay, well I have a video. Go, let's put the video. Yeah, so Racecraft uh, organized a live band and they started playing 90s punk rock music. So I guess. I don't know what type of stuff this is. <laughs> I've never seen anybody carrying somebody around on their shoulders. Well, I don't know. I I blame the guy who was walking around in a tequila with a tequila bottle and kept giving me tequila shots. So at some point, those <laughs> tequila shots kicked in. And for whatever reason, I decided that I was going to, you know, liven up the party a bit because no one was on the dance floor. I started. No one, one was on your tip. I uh, started a one-man mosh pit with Trent on my shoulders. Um, yeah. So that's basically it. It was a happy, fun night, right? 
I'm just saying. Now, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Come on, let's just let's just back it up a little bit here. Okay. You know, I I don't come from where you come from. I'm not into punk rock and all that type of stuff. You know, I don't know anything about this type of stuff. You know, me carrying another man around on my shoulders does not seem like to be a fun thing to do at a place where you're supposed to be enjoying yourself. Now, I don't know what you punk rockers I and all you weirdos I type of dude. that the people there involved in this video that you just saw thought it was funny. and it, it I'm sure funny. it was. I'm sure it was. It but was, I just don't, yes. I just don't understand I, why that would be enjoyment. Oh, is this some finished thing? Is I don't no, know. I actually don't know also why I did, <laughs> did that. I, don't, I honestly don't know. Like I've never done that before, and that was the first time. I don't know. But in the moment, it was funny and <laughs> it was not malicious it was not malicious yeah I would say yeah that. it was all, all it was kind of like you have any speaker up against mayfield's head at yeah the worlds. actually it reminded me of uh, the world's banquet also that was actually worse like the speaker there with rammstein behind mayfield was actually worse than this i think anyway so that's what was going on and uh then we have the ramp vidis incident so what you have to know is that ryan pavidis used to be a nice kid okay and oh, now hold on 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 time out time let out me. time out let me put a disclaimer in her okay okay the words and views that come from this guy's mouth do not necessarily reflect the words and views of what I think. So if he says something, don't think I said it. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so over the years when I've been in America, um, we've had a good relationship. You know, he uh, he's driven my car sometimes and, you know, just because he wanted to try it or he's pitied for me sometimes. I've helped him also with setup, I remember, in the past. So every time I would go over there in the winter, you know, we, we'd meet. We'd be at OCRC practicing at the same time, you know. So there was, we knew each other. Let's put it that way. We know each other. I know that Ryan Dungey was his favorite uh, motocross rider back in the day. And I made this uh, JQ chassis with a number five Ryan Dungey anodized on it, laser engraved on it uh, for him back in the day. So it's not like we have never spoken and this happened. No. So um, last year there were negotiations regarding him signing with uh, Mayako. It didn't happen. Uh, he signed with HB. At that time, there was some friction there already, but that was just in the moment. Like for me, I didn't have any issue. I didn't know there was any issue. Everything's fine. So every year I go there, everything's good. We, uh, like I explained, know each other. So you just saw that video of what was going on?
in my attempt to get the party going, I also approached Rampavidis and I attempted to lift him up on my shoulders also, same as Trent. Well, he didn't want to do that, so he fought back. We struggled a bit, and that's it. Okay? Then you're muted. He says you pushed him on the ground. Okay, well, I went to try to pick him up, and he struggled against that. If we ended up on the ground because of that, that's why. Okay? Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So then later on, after that, I'm sitting kind of where this video is filmed from, uh, looking at the band, just sitting, whatever, people watching. There was no one there right then. I was, I was sitting there, and then he walked up behind me and sucker punched me. I'm guessing as hard as he could. My glasses broke, lenses flew out, everything. People got them <laughs> for me, popped the lens back, and that, but the glasses were broken on the other side, so that was that. Uh, I just looked back. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, honestly, I had no idea what, what or happened? why. Or, yeah, I'm like, why would you do that? So I wasn't even angry because I was so surprised. Like, I was just wondering why, why you would do that. So I never even, I think I never even got up. It's like, what? Are, and then people came and got him and he got thrown out, I think. So that um, incident is what launched it everything. It, that's the catalyst of everything. Uh, oh, I know. I, so, yeah. I. And so I would just, let's, let's put it like this. I don't know what um, Ryan's issue is right now. I, I don't, you know. He was a really nice kid. Last few years, something has changed, you know. I don't know if it was his teenage years or his parents' divorce or whatever it is, but he has some kind of issues right now. And I say that because he has this sort of chip on his shoulder the size of Texas right now. And he has issues with uh, people on the track and apparently now also off the track. And that is what happened. Like, I had no uh, ill intent. There was nothing malicious that happened. You saw the video. It was all good fun. Uh, he didn't take it that way. And he went way over what's acceptable for, you know, a retaliation or whatever you want to call it. And on track also, uh, you can ask anyone that races with him. They have had issues with him. Uh, so this, this is what started everything. And, um, I don't. I don't really know what else to say about that that situation. Well, there were other things that happened, but we're not. I I think we're kind of keeping that under wraps that happened after this. Well, and I mean, all the things that happened after this, I would say that uh, there were no winners. There were only losers. 
Yeah. And uh, it's not the... I mean, everything has been sort of uh, settled uh, behind the scenes. Everything's okay. Every, everyone seems to be sort of okay with where we are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, at least there's no point in really going into details there because it's just it going to be a he, yeah, he said, you. she said situation and they aren't here to def- defend themselves. But I agree at least this Pavidis incident is something that every, I mean, everyone, a lot of people were there. A lot of people saw it happened and it's sort of common knowledge. Uh, so at least. Well, I think, yeah, I think, um, so my comments on this are going to be again, your ass should have been at home in bed. Like I was, uh, I know something had happened because Mike had told me and then I went to sleep. But then I, I woke up in the morning and I see the post from Ronafog with the tents being cut. And I was just like, oh, you know, so you instantly like I'm trying to get to the track as fast as possible. You think something's happened. I actually went looking for Ryan that day. As soon as I got there, I think because I was like, hey, I want to talk to him and find out what happened. Because, you know, at that time, I thought that he he had cut the tents, but he it wasn't him who had cut the tents. Um, yeah, it's actually that was that that was a bit surprising and really dumb because uh, the person who did it actually lost uh, a lot of money because of that. So it didn't really make any sense at all. Yeah, um, but I thought I thought that the tent slashing was like, and then it was right above Ronafalk too. So it felt like something else was there, and I'm like, JQ is right behind, and why didn't you cut there? You know, this is not the, the first time we've had issues with, you know, I remember back in the day, uh, someone where Reba had a tent, JQ tent mashed all up, but like they messed up the frame at uh, at a at Thunder Alley at a race one time. I I know other JQ racers, I'm talking about JQ racers, but in my experience, other JQ racers that had something broken or something taken and they felt like it was malicious. I mean, shit, at one time we had bounties out on our cars, like, you know, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It yeah, was when they yeah. had the what was the shit fountains? Uh Lupus uh, Live. Lupus Live, exactly. Right, they put right. bounties out. Oh, no, so I think and then obviously I come into the pits and like Ronald sitting there, like the whole pits is, you know, we've got 20 plus guys in there. They all come for to have a good time, not to be involved in this drama. And like Ronald ain't got a place to pit, and everybody's just like and like nobody's answering nothing. Hmm. So I said, for so, clap. Clarification, just uh, since we mentioned going into this a bit. Um, what happened was that we obviously assumed that it was... Uh, so the person I had with the fight with in the night, we assumed that it was that person, but it wasn't actually. Because mm-hmm. what happened in the night was that I smashed a phone that uh, Ryan Pavidis was ho- using to film. Obviously, if you're filming, uh, it's a normal assumption to think that you're using your own phone to film, but he wasn't, so it was someone else's phone. So I smashed that out of his hand, uh, but it wasn't his. So I told the person, okay, I'm sorry, I will figure it out tomorrow. I'll pay for a new phone. But then they go ahead and slash tents, which means, well, obviously I'm not going to get your phone since you just slashed our tents. That's why I'm saying he lost a lot of money because he lost yes. that phone. But I think the re- 
the so I asked, I was like, so did anybody tell Joey? And his response, I think, is what kind of just I was just like, well, he's he must have said, Oh, I'm sorry about it. I don't know what exactly what he said, but he said to Ronald Fox something like, Oh, you know, Jake, you put stickers on my stuff in 2018, and I still can't get some of those off. And I was just like, Okay, you put now to be fair, you did put stickers everywhere. We did put stickers everywhere that year. He, he, you did get kicked out for that, right? You did, you did your, you did your penalty. But slashing a tent compared to putting a stick on something's like, well, I don't know. I would, okay, that's that's one way to look at it. But I think another way to look at it also is that Rampvidis walked up behind me and hit me as hard as he could in the head. Okay. I mean, I'm okay with it. Yeah, my glasses broke. Uh, I need to get. Yeah, but you shouldn't have been trying to pick him up. No, no, but listen. You saw the video, punk rock music playing. I agree with uh, you. I agree with you. Starting a party, picking someone up. That's one thing, okay? Yes, I agree. Hitting someone as hard as you can from behind in the head is another. So, I agree. My point is if that happens at an RC event, and you do nothing, but you, before the race, make a post, and you say, "We." it's basically like, we have a zero bullshit uh, tolerance here. If you complain yeah, but that's what about referees. Refer- wait, if you complain about referee decisions and this and that, we have the right to refuse service, we can kick you out if you cause problems, we can call the police. If you literally said that they even mentioned the police right so if that's going into the event if that's your attitude that we are very serious about this and you can't complain and you have to follow the rules and all of that and yet getting punched in the head is okay and nothing gets done about that i think that's a bit off yes okay the tents were slashed in the pits but physical violence happening okay at that race, and it happened. It wasn't at the race, or, it was at the yeah, derby room. Listen, listen, yes, but because of that, other physical violence then happened at the race in the pits, and nothing is done. Like, not even, okay, let's get all the parties involved and have a meeting, okay, or ev- everyone's here. What happened? Is everyone okay? Look. How can we move forward? What are we going to do? Like nothing, nothing, right? I think that's a bit off. Like something should have happened, right? I'm not saying disqualify everyone, but at Mm -hmm. least acknowledge like this happened. So I just think that, well, that's what I'm saying. Um, That's what it feels like a bit. Because if... If you would flip this around so I was clearly the in the wrong, mm-hmm. do you think it would be the same? No, of course not. You'd be up. Well, so we, no, we like, need to go back. Let's, let's no, just think not. about Wait, let, let me give Did an example. Did you got kicked off of putting stickers and, and turning off a radio? And But let me give you an example. Um, every, every year... Um, okay, I'll give a different example. Let's say that we were in the same place and um, 
I walked up behind Adam Drake and hit him in the head as hard as I could. Do you think that nothing would happen? No, you would have you would have been kicked out of the the whole thing. This like, is no my questions point. asked. This is my point. What's a double standard? So yeah, so it shouldn't matter who does what to who. The mm-hmm. the thing that happened, the action, that is what matters. And that's why like I don't think that anyone should have been disqualified, okay? But I know that if what I just said, if I had walked up behind Adam Drake, hit him as hard as I could in the head, I would have for sure been disqualified. And I would never be welcome back at the NC. Yeah, probably right? not welcome do, back there, no. Do we? No, yeah, I agree why? with you there. For what? Do you, yeah. I agree with you there. This is kind of what I'm saying. So if you if you make a post like that about referees and complaints and rules and this and that, even actually when I when Joey smoothed out the track the first time and went, I went out on the track and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you smoothing out the track after practice? We we just practiced. It- we fixed our cars for a bumpy track. Now you're smoothing it out. He actually threatened to throw me out of the event. Right, so in this situation, just let's backtrack a bit. There's actual physical violence that happens. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't okay. at the area. This it then, wasn't at the track. There's actually physical violence that then snowballs into physical violence at the fucking track, and nothing, no questions asked, nothing, no meeting, nothing. You know, when I saw Joey, when when the sticker thing happened, he came. I think he came up to me about three times to talk to me. I didn't see him at after the tent slashing or anything. I didn't see him the whole time. I just look. Let's be honest. It's you, so no one gives a fuck. That's what it comes down to. Like if you want the blunt answer, people will say that you deserved it. It's JQ. It's probably mouthing off. In this choice, in this chance, in this situation, yes. You shouldn't. Have, you shouldn't have been trying to pick him up and all that type of stuff. Was his reaction over reaction? Of course, but it's you, man, and that's why you should have went your ass home and went sleep because you wouldn't have had none of this. You would have been up. You would have been home. You know, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have tent slashed. You had none of this stuff. You'd have been home. You'd have been sleep. And you'd have been like Lefty. You was right. It wasn't like Brazil when I went out to five o'clock in the morning and it ended up being all good. That's what you should have done. I but I should have gone. Um, but this this brings up a lot of things, though, because we've had now. So this is like, all right. So last year we had them guys. I'm not going to say who, but we had people dumping trash and shit all over Barufula's pit table because he took out, they felt he took out Cole and or Mayfield. The year before we had the, the Mayfield threatening to throat punch him. The year before we had. Cool and those guys against Jaw Figueredo and his dad, and then you. It seems to be some your aggression going on. I mean, this year it's you, but it's you. But I think the lack of response from Joey is what aggravates me more than anything. That I'm just like, well, it doesn't matter because I remember when it happened to you. Um, 
and them HB glasses, Ben Stiller was running HB at that time, and they found out that you turned his radio off. All them guys were like, "Oh, he needs to be disqualified. He needs to be kicked out." Da, 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 da. And like, he told me like, oh, "All them HB guys are pissed off and all that stuff." Like nobody went up to him and said, "Oh yeah, you should kick these guys out." Nobody said nothing that I know of. You know, nobody said anything. Nobody came up and said anything to anybody. Um, it's a shame that this type of stuff happens, but this is also another leading factor in this would be alcohol. You know, um, so when you get alcohol, and I told you a long time ago, and you kept saying, no, I don't think so. I told you as soon as uh, Ron Fox time with Mayako, the HB Mayako rivalry was born, and it is, it's been born. I know Cole feels that uh, Ron Fox kind of bumped him at the Worlds, I think, early on in the race in the final. I've heard him say that before. I've heard people say that before. Not Cole himself, but I've heard people say that. So there's a rivalry there, and it's just been heating up. Of course, then last year we had the rivalry with them guys accusing uh, the Mayako of having all HB parts and all that stuff. So there's definitely a rivalry going on. It just heated up and went off track and stayed on track. And, and then it, it stayed on track later on because then Ron Falk got involved in it. So the, the HB guys are trying to claim that, that Ron Falk hit him from behind on the driver's stand as well. Uh-huh. I don't know. When he w- walked off the stand and flicked his hat off him. Oh, like well, he hit, yeah, they, he hit he hit Ryan too. I was like, come on, you guys are really reaching. Oh, but, yeah. I didn't um, see that. I mean, but JQ in the end, I mean, this is what we wanted, right? We wanted rivalry in RC. I mean, this is a little bit extreme. Yeah, but there's no one to report on it. Yeah, the but time, so. us. If I don't think I, would, yeah, I don't I, think I would have made that post. We'd have never found out who did it. Maybe. If I don't ever made that post, we'll never find out who did it. But um, and the person that did it, like I like him a lot. Like you know what I mean? It's my boy. But I I hope that we can move forward. I hope we don't have uh people's property getting damaged and other races that people have paid for. I don't think we should be damaging people's property. I'm all for rivalry, but let's keep it on the track. And it it, it I think we're definitely got. I think Mayako and HB definitely have a rivalry. No, JQ. Yeah. Yeah, I Definitely. Say so. Definitely. I have it's going to be saucy. I have another story, though. Uh, oh, yeah. Tell one. me. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, Frankie Contreras. Cont- is yes. it Frankie Contreras Jr.? Jr. Yep. Yeah. He, he made the main last year with TLR. And uh, now he's running Mugen. So I was going back to the trailer after the race, or like it was main day, I think, not after the whole race, but main day. And he he was there with his dad packing up. And I know them from over the years because they used to race a lot at OCRC. Mm -hmm. And he was running TLR back then, like two-wheel drive. He was really fast. And he would often pit close together. And I talk a lot with his dad. And (laughs) so (laughs) I walk by and he's like, Hey, JQ, you know your boy who's – I can't remember what he said. He said something like, what's up with your boy? I'm like, what boy? That guy in the podcast, meaning Max, not you. He was oh. really mad, really mad at uh, Max. And you have to know. So 
so since it's Frank, Frankie Contreras Jr., is his dad also Frankie then, or what? I think it's Frankie let's Contreras say, Jr. Right. Okay, let's just say Mr. Contreras. So Mr. Contreras, he looks like um, a bulldog. Yeah, he, he looks also, like he's a little scrapper. Yeah, yeah. He he looks like he he could um he could beat you up. Like let's let's put it this way. If he was the guy that wanted to fight me, I would have probably run. Okay? He's <laughs> he I I he's the size of a fire extinguisher, but <laughs> but yeah, he <laughs> he he he's, would have been He was me. mad at Max? What did Max do? So that's what I'm uh, wondering because I tried to get some specific uh, quotes or answers like <laughs> what has he said, but I think it's just like a general thing <laughs> with Max. I don't know. I haven't been listening to the podcast, so I don't think we said I, anything. I don't, know. I don't think he said anything wrong about it, uh, anyway. Contrast. Yeah, he said like, man, Max should come over here and see see if he's so tough as he is uh, on the podcast. So anyway. So Max is making enemies. Basically, oh, yes. I seem to have taught him well. You but, have. He is definitely making enemies. Yeah. So when we were talking over there, then um, Cole Tollard and some other TLR goon walked up. And then we were talking about TLR and Mugen and the whole uh, thing when Horizon sent me the cease and desist because I said TLR stands for Team Losers and, uh, and uh, The Last Resort. Remember that? And I then, mean, uh, <laughs> no, you don't. Just be. Um, then, Mr. Contreras said that. Um, ah, but it's it's only toy cars. Like it's not a big deal. I was, I'm like, hey, that's offensive. Okay, I understand that the TLR is a toy car, and you're used to that. But the Mayako is a premium race car. Okay, it's not a toy. Oh, you know, so gosh. this, yeah. So we had a good time, some good banter in the pits. Dude, but, I had a lot of fun in the pits. It, yeah, but they were packing up and they were leaving, and I was a bit surprised. And um, yeah, he didn't make the main, uh, and I don't think they stayed to uh, watch the main either. And and uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. Um, weren't they pitting over at Mark's place? Yeah, they were close to that. They had a that trailer. Did you did you go in his trailer? No, Mark's trailer. Oh, it is, dude. He's got that is probably one of the best pit trailers I've ever seen. The counters are like perfect height. Each person has the urn, like big giant Protec charger in each station. He's oh, got in like that, two. Yes, his his. Oh, okay. his his trailer trailer. He says he has another one up there too. Dude, he has two big f- giant cabinets full of Mugen parts. I said, well, Oh this no, is- I, I thought you meant Pavidis. No, no, uh, Mark. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, I, uh, I, yeah. I saw that. I saw that one. Yeah. Dude, yeah. he's that's, that's a nice setup. Yeah. I, what, what did you think about the referees? So I did see them. Um, you said, you didn't know if you had saw the referees do anything, but I do know that they, so Chris Morali, had went in there and he got video evidence showing where he got his, his penalty and all that stuff. Um, well, I saw them call for traffic, which is good. But that's yeah, the I think thing I saw. I think um, it's a step. 
I still think we kind of need to have the referees on the on the driver stand too, because you can't really hear them. Well, see, I also think people need to, uh, if they go listen to like Stitson, how he does a race, he's like managing the race as well. You know, not just giving all penalties. I thought they did a pr- pretty decent job with that. I just had a, I heard a few people saying that they couldn't hear the guys because where the speakers were set up. But it was pretty cool that they actually had video evidence, so they could go back and show you where you where you had where your penalty came from, if you disputed it. So that was oh, okay. good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Chris was like, "Why did I get a? But you know, why did I get a five second penalty?" And they showed him where he where he went wrong or whatever. So I mean, that was some positive things. I mean, I still have fun. I I still had a lot of fun. Um. It it was just I don't know. You know, I'm also the social guy. I want to, you know, see people out and about enjoying themselves, see spectators come by. And we just didn't have that this year. And there's a lot of money spent to go to that race to to not have that. A lot yeah. of money. So, so anyway, to finish the Contreras story, I said how how uh, if he was the guy who wanted to fight me, I would run away. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Max should be afraid the next time he goes to California because... Uh, <laughs> Contreras isn't very happy with Max. Uh, still, they were leaving early, right? And turns out that actually in the Contreras family, Mrs. Contreras is the boss. Okay? Oh. So I think they were going home just to be with her, which is very nice. And uh, I think I think um, Women's Day was just earlier this, uh, this week, week, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's also Mother's Day at some point. So women basically get uh, two days a year, right? But in the Contreras family, Mrs. Contreras gets every day of the year. And Ooh. I just want to say good job. And uh, yeah, I, I just want to celebrate that fact. He, she has a loving husband and son who left the race early to be with her. That's amazing. That's family love right there. That means that you don't need Women's Day or Mother's Day. You got every day of the year. I didn't see this. That's a beautiful thing. That's that's a beautiful thing, really. So kudos to Mrs. Contreras. I just wanted to send that message out there. All right, Jake. I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, but. You hadn't been to California for a while. Was it good to be back in California? Was it good to be back around the Ghani and all those guys? I had a blast on there with Smoker, Greg, Chris Morali. It was just pure laugh. Salty Joe. Yeah, we had the whole corner there with uh, the people I met in 2003. So <laughs> Smoker and Degani. And then Chris, next to them, Chris uh, ran the very first JQ prototype back in 2011. And he's been running it ever since and now switched to Mayako. So, yeah, there there are people with a long history. Let's put it that way. Oh, my gosh. It was was, Greg would be sitting there. He would be like, you need the Mugen 10.75 springs of three millimeters cut off the left. You you know how he gets in his... When he's sitting there thinking about things he wants to do. But, yeah, I, I really... I said it before... So these like last year, I only really got to spend like art, um, DNC in the pits. It was fun to be in the pits. I forget what it's like to be in there, talking to everybody, having fun. How do you think Tebow made out in the pits with us? You know, being a little bit wild. I wouldn't say we were wild, but yeah, you and I are definitely wild. 
Smoke um, on her, ruin. I don't know. He was at the other end, so he was probably okay, but I'm sure it was a bit different than normal. Yeah, Os Oscar and Ronafog were up with us. Oscar got in pretty good. He was okay. Yeah, yeah and we got along fine with Tebow, actually. We had a good talk also about, you know, uh, life things and. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we. Yeah, we did. So there's everything's good on that front also. And uh, I think that I honestly think that um, one thing with Tebow is that he is a bit misunderstood I th in the industry because he is very honest and open also. He just says things how he thinks. <laughs> mm -hmm. But when you now when I spoke to him more, he actually thinks about things and considers things on a deeper level too, like me. Uh, so we actually agree on a lot more than I think most people think. And I think that we thought ourselves also. Uh, so yeah, it, it was good. I think. Um, what would you say? I, wait, I honestly think that the next few years, people will be surprised what we will achieve together. Okay. That's good to her. What would you say to everybody that will continuously say, well, you had three world champions and you didn't win DNC. Ronafuck was in the D main. What would you say to people like that? Um, well, if you, if we are completely honest, then David is there to win races. He's a pro driver. Robert and Jared are there for other reasons they can still win races and Jared showed now at DNC that he was in up there in the mix. So of course uh, we want them to do well also in racing, but that's mm -hmm. the reality of the situation that David is the driver. He's there to win Robert and Jared are towards the end of their careers. And the reason they are with Mayako is different because they, they mm -hmm. will be working for Mayako and, and, doing other things also. So, um, of course, going into DNC, I thought, okay, we can have a really good race. We didn't. But it really doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. DNC is not like our number one priority of a race, you know. Uh, that would be the Raw Nationals, European Championships, World Championships, those are the races we focus on and I work towards. Um, so I don't know. I it it shouldn't really matter whatever the result at DNC is. In my opinion, of course we want to win, but it's not like it's the hill to die on in that sense. Like oh my god, we didn't do well. That's the end of the world. It really is. How do you think like uh Ronald bounces back from something like this? Um I don't think that it is a problem. I think mm -hmm. he is confident, he knows uh what he can do. I think if anything, I hope it would would sort of um motivate him to practice and test a bit more. 
mm-hmm. which I feel that he should do. He, he, I wouldn't say, I don't want to say that he is lazy, but I would say that he is a bit too confident in his ability mm-hmm. and a bit complacent in that sense. Already uh, last year also, last year was good, right? But it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like he was insanely uh, motivated to go to the track and run gallon after gallon and practice and test. And no, it wasn't like that. Like more like a cavalry approach in a sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Go to the track just a bit, run, practice. I'm good. I got this. You know, where I want to see a bit more of the crazy mentality of I'm going to spend days at the track and I'm going to figure this out kind of thing. So maybe this can push him a bit more in that direction. Like, okay, I can have bad races too. Let's make sure I never have this again. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, predictions with Mayfield and a new ride. Do you think Fenn and Mayfield just continue to go on their winning streak? Do you feel that Dakota can break it up? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, do you feel that Tebow can still win at some point this year? That's the goal. Um, I I believe he can. We just have to get the car right for him, for the conditions. Uh, if we can do that, then then I, I really think he can. That would be okay. that would be special if he could. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Well, um anything to add before we close out on this? No, I hope it's not a story about women's day, but No, but I dedicate this podcast to Mrs. Contreras. She's the boss. Yeah, I I bet she is. Just like in my household, my wife's the boss. Um, so you are chilling out to Mart to later on this month and you're down to Spain, right? Yeah. in two, two and a half weeks. Okay. Good, 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 good. Um, any races in particular looking at her shortly? P and B should be good. I mean, no. You're just like, I don't want to look at the races right now. I don't want to get the races. All right. No, well, that because that's the whole... Okay, you want to rant? Here goes. Uh, sure. I'm so not interested in these races where not all the best guys go. The, the format's horrible for watching. The coverage isn't that great. It's just not worth my time. Okay? I want to see all the best guys there. I want to see good videos from the event. I want to see uh, good racing with good uh, coverage. That's what I want to see. Then I'm interested. I'll watch a Worlds, a Euros. That's fine. But PMB with random people going, not interested. Well, those are the best camera, in America. Maybe a movable camera in the, in the mains. Yeah, but probably not everyone. And just no. I mean, the the good thing, it's too bad. Like, we're not going to see these guys race again, probably to the next DNC or the next Worlds. Yeah. It would well, be great not if. DNC anymore. Well, some of the Europeans. 
Uh, but wouldn't it have been great if these guys were meeting each other like in, t- in two weeks' time at a different track somewhere else and the rivalry could have continued? Yeah, wouldn't it be great? We could have wouldn't that it too, be great? if the manufacturers yeah. weren't so far up their own asses. There we go. I think that's a great way to end this podcast. Yeah, it's true, though. We can't have nice things because everyone's too selfish and short-sighted. That's it. That's the only reason. And don't be carrying people across. You know what? You know how I would have solved this whole problem at this party? How? I would have said, JQ, come pick me up. That would have solved that problem right there. You would not have picked me up. Yeah. You would have that would have probably been the limit. Yeah. Then you wouldn't be trying to pick anybody else up, and you wouldn't have gotten this trouble. <clears throat> Nick but, uh, uh, from TZO actually jumped on my back or Trent's back when I was lifting him up, and I lifted them both up. I didn't even know at the time. He told me the next day. He's like, man, how did I thought for sure you wouldn't be able to do that. But Yeah, but you would be too much for sure. There's no way. Yeah, exactly. Would have stopped that nonsense right there and then. Or I would have put you yeah. over my shoulder and carried you out of there and carried you to the house. Starting all this nonsense. That's probably what I should have. I should have. Everyone's like, well, you were a babysitting JQ last night? And I was like, he's 40 years old. I'm 39. Yeah. He's 40 years old. He could take care of himself. Should have been home in your bed. Sleeping. Next time. Say that every time and you still do it. Anyway, that's it for today. It was a great chat with you, JQ. Have a good weekend. Uh, thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate it. You know what? I got to forgo- say one thing to finish. Oh, off. gosh. Oh, gosh. I, oh, I officially get, have given up on these races, right? All these, let's just get as many entries as possible, make money, fuck the races, events. I've given up. I still have some hope that enough manufacturers will band together and just agree to go to the same races. Like, let's go to these five or six events send all our drivers to them, have good coverage, have a good fucking event, okay? I still believe that could happen. That's my dream. Because then we would have what you just said. So in a few weeks, oh, we'll have the same I mean, guys racing again. That's yeah, I want. mean, wouldn't it be so cool? Like, that's the whole point yes. of having a series. You know? every, every other sport in the world can, has figured this out, right? But we can't. No, we can't. No, we can't. One day, when we get old, when we're like 75, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Right now, the industry is good for the very best drivers. They get paid. They get paid good money for the work that they do. Mm -hmm. And the professional race promoters, the industry is good for them. Everyone else is not good for right now. Uh, Or if it is, you just don't understand how much better it could be. But it's all a product of the uh, business model that they chose. But we'll, that's, we've, we've talked about that enough. I am going to end this podcast. Do you have anything else you want to get out of your system before I try to end this podcast and you cut me off again? No, fuck you. Okay, so that means I can... It can stop. All right. Thank you for your time, JQ. Thank you to everybody that uh, 
tune in and watch this. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without you guys, as well as the NNRC patrons and YouTube members. If you wish to be a member or a patron, the links are in the written description of this podcast. Thank you to these awesome companies that support us. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sun Padal USA, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Racecraft USA, Car RC, WRCE, House of RC, RCGP, Shout out to Runafuck Racing, JTPRC, 36 Mute, and the doctor, Alexander Hagberg. JQ, what are you doing this weekend? Trying to get well. Been sick all week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, um, I definitely am going to be, I'm sick now. By the way, did you, did you see my video? I called out the Hall Brothers in the UK. No. Yeah. I missed it. Where's that to? I challenged them. I, I'm waiting to for a video response. Challenge them to what? They flip their shocks around. Ah, I saw that. Tenskaya. And what I did you challenge them. them to do? I challenged them to do it better. Gave them some setup advice to try. And they should try that and make a video and and say, JQ, you know, you were right. You were right. Okay. <laughs> I do know they make videos. You need you 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 know yeah, what? It's good. You need to go take you need to go take some medicine and go sleep. I'm gonna do the same thing. Thank you to everybody that joined us. I know yeah. we're a bit low energy this weekend, but we're both a bit sick. You can hear it in me. JQ, thank you for your time. Nitro is the glory. E buggy pays the bills. Lefty and JQ, we're out. Probably ain't gonna see him for a while either. So See you later. See you later, Jakey. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye-bye. See you.